0: Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit, specifically for the gift of understanding to know our wretchedness apart from our God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We ask all this in the powerful name of Jesus, who is Lord forever and ever. Amen. Isaiah and Peter got it right, and they got it completely wrong. In our first reading we hear about Isaiah and him experiencing what it's like to be apart from God. And he's a wretch apart from God. But when he encounters God, when that go- when that ember is placed on his tongue, everything changes. Instead of doing nothing, he says, "Here I am, Lord, send me." And if we, as Catholic Christians in 2019, think we're wretches, we will not serve or do anything in the church. Maybe that's where some of us are right now in our faith. Maybe that's the reason why we don't participate in anything the church offers. And Peter has a transformation happening. Now, Peter Peter's a professional fisherman. This is not the first time he encountered the person of Jesus, God incarnate. But once he listens to Jesus, he just preached the gospel. He was just fishing all night to lower your net. That exercise would take up to three hours. So he's exhausted. And Jesus says, just put out a little bit and cast your nets into the deep and have a great catch, right? If you're Peter, you've got to be thinking... You're not even a professional fisherman. Like, why are you telling me what to do? Yet, he receives everything he ever wanted. You've got to think of how much money he would have made by his boat actually sinking and his partner boat sinking with all the fish they just caught. And yet, it's not enough. And in that moment, Jesus changes from master to Lord. And he says, Just depart from me. I'm a wretch. And Jesus says, you're exactly who I came to save. Now come to solid land. Get out of the water of this world. That just pushes you and I around like crazy. And come follow me to solid land. And it says, when they brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. I just want to share a little bit about Myself and how I felt called to be a priest because this is a perfect context for that to happen. And Father Matt told me I had to, so I'm going to do that. (laughs) Growing up, I was a wretch. If I had to say any word apart from God, when I reflect back, if you know Jesus, you know you're a son or a daughter of the Father. If you don't know Jesus, a wretch is what we are. And when I look back at everything in my life, and not that I was holier than thou growing up, I didn't go to a Catholic school or anything. Went to public school, youngest of four, small town, athlete, class clown, a little bit of bully at times. Got suspended a couple times, disorderly conduct before I was 18. Thank God. And what the world was offering me was just stuff to do, to make fun of others. To maybe put a bad name to my family, but I, was, but I was so consumed with myself, right? But deep down, if you would have asked me what I was or what I felt about myself, I would have said, I'm a wretch. I was even confirmed for some reason in the Catholic Church by the grace of God without really even knowing how to pray a Hail Mary. Glory be our Father, because I'm so consumed with myself, right? I'm just like Peter, just doing my own thing. Don't come into my boat, Jesus. I just want to do me, right? Our culture is just so focused on ourselves. And then I was a good enough athlete to play baseball in college. And then my sophomore year, my my oldest brother PJ called me to go to a men's conference. He was listening to Relevant Radio. And if you're not listening to Relevant Radio... We have it in our town, right? 92.9. What a gift to learn about the faith. And he was listening to it back in Sheboygan, where I'm from. And his heart's getting set on fire because him and I had one thing in common. The Catholic faith we we were presented was watered down like mad crazy. Nobody wants to go to an event where they say, Hey, why don't you lay your life down? Why don't you follow Barney forever? Because that's the Jesus I was presented with, right? Just this fluffy Barney. Because if Jesus is Barney, like I've said in the past, that's great for people who don't want to make commitments or surrender or sacrifice or be healed or change. Because if Jesus is Barney, then you and I don't have to change. We can kind of check the box on Sunday and live a completely heretical lifestyle outside of our Sunday obligation. Went to this men's conference, and I didn't have much expectations. Had a girlfriend at the time. I thought it might make her a little bit proud of me or something. And I went to this conference, and the MC, the first person who came out, stood at the podium. 3,000 men in Milwaukee. And he said, Gentlemen, your lives will never be the same after today. And you've got to think of, like, the gravitas of that statement, the gravity. Like, who has the gohonas to say something like that? Then he said it again, Gentlemen, your lives will never be the same after today. And I went into this conference just expecting kumbaya, right? Barney Jesus. And I was immediately like, okay, I'm listening. Because it takes a lot of courage to say something like that in front of 3,000 men. Amen. Thank you. And that's when my life changed. I saw the witness of men. I was presented that gospel that St. Paul talked about. The one that can transform your life. And these men talked about how they're laying their lives down for the Lord, and they're in the trenches fighting for the good. And then I saw something, the next speaker came out, the second speaker, and I saw something I'd never seen before was a priest. And he had brown hair. And I thought for my whole life that priests were just old. And you had to be bald and have white hair and your wife just died or something and you had nothing better to do. This is the naivete I lived in. And he just came at us so hard. He just throwing darts in our hearts of the truth. Because a lot of people have these ideas of how to save the priesthood, right? Well, let's just let women get married or let women become priests, let's let men get married. How about this? Why don't men just become men? Right? Why don't we just stop thinking about ourselves and thinking, how can I emulate that cross? Because this is the Jesus that changes hearts. When you look at that cross and you think, if I was the only person on earth, he would have done that for me, and he's given me a model for life of what it means to be a Christian. He said, even says, if you want to come follow me, you must take up your cross. And this priest is just throwing these darts in our heart, and he's taking what, it, what the world tells us what it means to be a man, right? Oh, have cars, be a womanizer, go drink, right? And he's, he's saying, no, gentlemen, that is a man on the cross, and that's what it means to be a man. John 15, 13, there is no greater love than to lay down your life for your friends, right? And he had what I wanted. Because I look like a lot of us at times when we come to church. I look like a zombie. All the time. Amen. The Lord be with you. You know? But he had zeal, right? And the way he was speaking was just speaking to me like I was the only person there. And I said what he has I want. And he said, if you want to be a man of God, and I'm like, yes, please, because what the world isn't offering, I'm a wretch apart from Jesus. He said, go surrender your life to Christ in the confessional. I'm like, okay. I didn't feel the confessional like a lot of us do. I just didn't. I was not afraid of confronting my sin because I wasn't happy. I wasn't joyful. I wasn't zealous for souls, right? I I wasn't happy with what the world was offering. So I went to confession to a priest who was 6'5", 300 pounds, and he scared the living beep out of me. Just kidding. But I was like in line to go to confession. I'm like, there's all these priests around. I'm like, just just not that one, because he's got a beard out to here. And I'm like, ah. But anyways, he was gentle. and, And I just poured my heart out. I said, I'm here to lower my nets like Peter, right? I'm here to surrender it all. I didn't know what that meant. But I did know I wasn't happy and I know what the confession was a place I needed to be. Next speaker after lunch came out and he talked about how he was clinically dead and came back to life and now he's a priest, you know? And I'm thinking, where was this my whole life? Where was this my whole life? How how come I was presented Barney Jesus in the Catholic Church? Because that's not the real Catholic Church, right? And I came time for Mass, and I wish I could say, you know, like the readings, which I love the Word of God. The Lord has been so good to me to set my heart on fire for a desire for His Word. But it wasn't the Word. It wasn't the homily. It wasn't the music. I used to be a DJ. I get music. Like, I love music. But it wasn't that. It's what we're going to do in just a second here that changed my life. 3,000 men on their knees, right, during the Eucharistic liturgy, when most of us just kind of check out. And I'm thinking that dude at the start of this thing said your life is never going to be the same never going to be the same after today. So as they're gathering things on the altar, I'm starting to feel this presence around me. I didn't know if it was the Holy Spirit, the Blessed Mother, a saint, I don't know, but in my head I kept saying this is not real because this is not the way I want it to happen <laughs> for my life to be changed. And then it was now Cardinal Dolan, the main celebrant of the mass, the Cardinal of New York. He was Archbishop of Milwaukee at this time, at time. And he just did what we do every single Mass because, I'll be honest, if you were ask me, why are you Catholic? I'd be like, what does Catholic even mean? But we're Catholic because of the Eucharist. Some game. And he calls down the Holy Spirit. And I, I, I feel like the Lord's saying, just watch this. And he speaks the words of institution into this piece of bread, which is being transformed, transubstantiated into Jesus he says, this is my body, which has been given up for you. And I heard it like I was the only person there. And it just broke my heart because all of my idols raised to the surface. All my insecurities raised to the surface. And I'm like, holy crap. How come I was never, like, how come I didn't get this? This is pretty important. And then I heard the Lord speak to my heart not outwardly, but inwardly, an interior voice. This is the purpose of life, talking with the Eucharist. And you are called to be a priest. And it scared the crap out of me because I was so uncatechized. I got evangelized in one day and boom, the Lord puts this on my heart. You're going to be a priest. And after that conference, I wish I could say, you know, I just went and just went the right direction. But because of my wretchedness, because I didn't want to do what he wanted me to do, thy will be done, right? I didn't want to do that. I got into drugs, womanizing, bar hopping the whole summer just to flush it down the toilet, just to say, Lord, I don't want to do that. I'll do anything to shut you up. And I came to Mass and went through the motions and looked like a zombie. And nobody knew in my heart that he was calling me to be a priest. And then I was blessed enough to have my brother to kind of shake me out of that and say, we've got to start going to confession more often. So we would. And we listen to Catholic Lighthouse Media CDs and listen to relevant radio just to get some truth in the world that was sending us so much garbage and making us feel like wretches and not like sons and daughters. Junior year of college comes around, and I'm more unhappy than ever. I'm doing the best I've ever done in baseball. I'm doing my best. I got the fish, right? Like Peter, I got it all, and I'm not happy. Eventually, I have to tell my family, I'm thinking of being a priest, and it took everything in me to do that. And immediately after that, within a week, I started having health issues, collapsed lung. Over the next two years, six more, surgery after surgery, to be humbled, to deal with that fact, that the thing I don't think a lot of us want to deal with, that we're all going to die. And the Lord's like, what are you going to do with your life? I died for you. Why don't you think of your death? You profess my death and resurrection. What about yours? and I had to surrender on a hospital bed, right? And eventually got healthy, eventually applied for seminary. The first time I applied, I didn't get accepted because I thought I was too traditional, I was too too conservative, too zealous because I never met somebody who was just passionately in love with Jesus. That's where I was at. Luckily, I slid under the door for the Diocese of Green Bay, and I can honestly say I love being a priest. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I love, being, I love being your priest. And I just wish more people knew this love that Jesus is giving us in the Eucharist. What a gift. And to realize that apart from Him, we are total wretches, but He's so good to us, we don't have to hide anymore because he comes to us in bread and wine. He comes to us to bring us out of our boats. He comes into your boat of whatever darkness you're going through, whatever darkness I'm going through, and he gets us to not think about ourselves so much and to focus on him. And we say, no, Lord. No. I'm a simple man. Depart from me. I'm a simple woman. Depart from me. And he says, you know what? I love sinners, so this is going to work pretty well, right? He says, come follow me. Just give me everything. Let's go. And he's calling all of us to know that he loves you the way you were made to be loved. And no one can love you like the way Jesus loves you. And if we keep doing these strange things that pull us away from Jesus and we wonder, why am I not happy? It's because only Jesus can love you the way you're meant to be loved when I felt called to follow Jesus, I learned that Jesus just loves sinners, just like you and I. He loves it. And even more important, nobody can love us like he does, and we have to let that sink from our head to our heart. And on the cross and in the Eucharist, Jesus gives us everything, right? Everything. Yet why do so many of us hold back? Why do you and I fear dropping our nets For Jesus. Because if we drop our nets, we get the identity. A son and a daughter of the Father. If we keep holding on to our nets and doing the things of the world, we are wretches. Apart from Jesus. It's not a mistake that you're here tonight. The Lord has a specific message for each and every one of us. But the ultimate message is I love you and I want you to drop your nets and I want you to get more plugged in. Why don't you take chances? Because I didn't give up my life for a piece of bread. If we're still kind of confused on that, I really encourage you to listen to the Eucharistic liturgy. I gave up my life for the body and blood of Jesus because he called me. And if this bozo can hear Jesus, you guys are fine. (laughs) You got no problem. But what, what does it take? It takes surrender. We gotta surrender our nets on this altar. We have to let go and let God as Father Jerry would often say, right? So let's take a moment of silence and calm our hearts and calm our minds and just put it all on this altar. Because the Lord is calling each of us individually and he's calling us to not be wretches. He's calling us to walk into our identity as sons and daughters of the Father. Whatever's holding you back at this Mass, I just encourage you, drop them. Drop those nets. It's all worth it. And the cross proves it. Because if you were the only person, he would have done that for you.